Welcome to the apartment library. It's our apartment and we have so many books. It looks like a library, just like I'm sure many of yours, because you like books. Otherwise, why else would you be listening to a podcast about a book? Maybe because we told them to listen and they're not actually fans of books, but they're fans of us. Yeah, I guess our parents don't count. Well, they like books. I guess that's true. Anyway. <laughs> and it's a funny story of where we found this book, right? Because we, we both knew about this book, obviously. It's, it's pretty famous. It's won a bunch of awards. But Dude, that should be like a, a spinoff for our podcast. That should be like the laundry, laundry library, the laundry, yeah, the laundry room library. So in our apartment building, there is a laundry room. Surprise. And in the laundry room, there is a bookshelf and people just leave books there for others to take. And every so often there's new books there and people leave other stuff, but it's mostly books. And we've actually found a couple of decent books there. Yeah. Among them was... Never Let Me Go by Kazuo Ishiguro, a 2005 dystopian, but kind of not really dystopian. How would you say it was dystopian? I really thought it was going to be something different. This book really took me by surprise. It was not what I thought it would be. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's dystopian in the sense that it's a pretty scary world that they live in. And For it's, sure. It's obviously like not a positive world, in this, in the, at least in the sense of the book and what the book focuses on. So I don't really know what the definition of dystopia is officially, but I guess this can fall under that. I think it does. I think just by the nature of what makes this world distinct from our world, however, it is not much, but it, I think it does definitely classify. It's just that nowadays when you hear dystopia, you think something more akin to Orwell's 1984 or... Zombies, apocalypse. Yeah, that's like a a post-apocalyptic dystopia for sure. This one is not that. So it's far more of a character-driven novel than anything else. It's very much an exploration of character. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, pretty much the book is just about... It follows these three teens for the most part of the book. Um, Ruth, uh, Kathy, and Tommy, they're all friends and they live at this... I guess you could call it like a boarding school. It is, yeah. Yeah, so they live at this boarding school, and it follows them. And as you progress through the novels, spoiler alert, you discover that they're there because in this world, people are, some people are raised for their organs. So these people are essentially genetically cloned, I guess you could say. And their purpose is to be there so that we can harvest their organs and give those to people who need them. (laughs) Do you have anything to add? There's the narrative structure that is unique, I guess, in that the story is told by Kathy, and she is an adult in the present, and she tells you the story of their childhood in Hailsham, the boarding school, and it progresses on a linear timeline in parallels with the past and the present as she becomes a carer one of the people who take care of those who have undergone surgeries to give their organs away that was never explained as to like do they give their organs and then nothing else they do they legit just take because i mean there's types of surgeries for organ donation that you can do where you can take a part of a liver and the liver regrows right but there's 
other organs you can't really live without. And I think that's that's what this is, because eventually, I think there's the understanding that they're eventually going to die. Yeah. Because I guess at some point they donate their heart, they donate both their lungs, they donate all these essential organs. Yeah. At some point, because mm-hmm. I think yeah, they go through like three or four donations yes. or maybe more if they can handle it yeah <laughs> but eventually yeah the, the they will die yeah and the crux of it is that well obviously that is you know the dystopian portion of the fact that these people are largely farmed for their organs so there's naturally the ethical question behind that however towards the end of the book there's the revelation that Helsham was one of the best places for these people to grow up in. It was a project, kind of like a pilot project, in which people were treated normally. These kids were treated as if they were attending a private boarding school, and they were treated with love and caring and structure and a proper organization behind it all. And towards the end of the book, it's revealed that that's not the case Across the board, there were a few other places, and Helsham was apparently one of the best ones, or the best one, and pretty much other places were like concentration camps or farms. And that's what leads me to like one of the biggest elements that resonated with my perception of ethics is that, or my understanding of uh, ethical decisions based on like other people's or other entities suffering in this world is that these kids are largely farmed, grown in kind of an industrial effort to give away organs. And it's kind of beat by beat a depiction of the animal industry, right? Obviously, animals are like herded in these like horrible conditions. They're massively exploited. They suffer tremendously. And at the end, they die all for other people's benefit or other entities benefit and you can argue in that case it's like so unnecessary in this case at least obviously this is a super unethical horrible world but at least they're contributing to like medical science in a way you know they're the the point is that they save other people's lives yeah but obviously that does not justify what's happening it's clearly this really bad situation and this should not be a thing but yeah, at least in this scenario, there's, you know, a greater good, quote unquote. Yeah. So I couldn't shake that feeling that it was largely a beat by beat comparison to animal agriculture or the uh, animal husbandry industry. Yeah. And I wonder if the author intended that or I don't know if, if that's just how we're interpreting it mm-hmm. or if he yeah, I didn't, wanted to describe. Who knows? Yeah. I didn't want to look up. Mm-hmm. Whether the guy is a an animal rights activist or a vegan or a um, a compassionate being, yeah, a morally conscious person, and or whether that was a, a point, but the characters are very well rounded. That's something that kind of like carried the book for me because I expected something different. I was kind of geared towards something a bit more uh, violent or emotionally shocking, or like I said, you know, hinging on that common idea of what a dystopian piece of pop culture is these days that it was going to be a post-apocalyptic thing or kind of setting and it wasn't the only thing was that they had devised a way to clone people in this world which is obviously unethical to begin with or morally questionable i should say and then what is obviously unethical is that they are forced to live just so that they may give 
their organs away and die. And there was, towards the end of the book, as it's revealed, that there were these societal-level moral questioning of this process. And I thought that was, I guess, the strongest part of the book in, in tandem with the character development, because these characters felt so damn real. Another thing I found crazy was that like the guy was writing from a girl's perspective, from a teenage girl's perspective, and it never never felt forced to me. Not to say it felt like tremendously accurate or anything like that, because obviously I was never a teenage girl, but it felt pretty organic and well written. That's funny because like I I enjoyed the book, of course, mm-hmm. but I didn't really connect with the character i didn't they didn't seem authentic to me oh really yeah it's funny how like we, we interpret things differently quite the opposite that was yeah funny. just a lot of the dialogue felt really weird like there's this really weird obsession with like sex and like they always wanted to have sex and like i had sex with him and then i had sex with him and like i mean okay i guess like they're teenagers they're well, supposed to be they're, they're british if that yeah, explains anything but I, I don't know i just i felt like sometimes it didn't seem like a sentence or a conversation that like teenagers would be having. Oh, really? I, so the dialogue was off for you? Yeah, a little bit. It didn't oh. ruin the book or anything. That's weird. Yeah, I still like liked the book. I still enjoyed reading it, but yeah, it, I don't, to me that wasn't really a strong point. The characters weren't really a strong point. For oh, me. really? Weird. Yeah. yeah. But again, like I'm sure there's lots of people who agree with you because th- again, this book is really famous. It won a bunch of awards. Lots of people love it. Yeah, I mean... And I still did like it. It largely put Ishiguro on the map, Mm -hmm. as far as I know. It's funny, yeah, you should say that. Um, The school was something else that I felt... It felt really real to me. It felt kind of nostalgic in a way, because I went to a private school in Latin America. Most schools are private schools, and... It's not really a boarding school, of course, like Hailsham, but, you know, we wore uniforms. We kind of behaved in like similar ways as these kids did in this book. So it had that feeling for me. It had some nostalgia. That makes sense. I guess maybe you kind of imagined, you know, you could draw the parallels between that and, and your school. Yeah, some, I think, yeah, like I kind of uh, related a lot to the character of Tommy in the beginning because, like, you know, like he's getting bullied a bit and I got bullied a bit and Aww. I guess everywhere, everyone did. Oh, yeah. <laughs> of course, like every, everyone gets bullied in one way or another. I don't think anybody comes out of high school and said, like, yeah, I never got bullied. Yeah, so I think I related most. At first, probably like the first third of the book, I think it had that sort of nostalgic and quasi warm feeling for me because it reminded me a lot of the school that I went to and even though it didn't look at all like the one that I attended or you know Helsham didn't it kind of had that and I think that's what made me want to read the book on the other hand the writing did feel a little long-winded at times I think that his sentence and his sentence structure was interesting sometimes and sometimes it was kind of annoying i remember having to read multiple sentences many times or a couple times before i could just kind of like get it and it might have had to do with the format of the book since i've gotten so used to reading on e-reader and every time i pick up a physical book and i can't change the font i can't change the spacing so i'm forced to read it with with what it is and this book had a very unique a unique font and a unique layout of the actual words on the page. Uh, we're talking about the 
paperback version with the boat on the cover, if that means anything to you, dear reader. But otherwise, yeah, the book kind of felt like a just like a coming. And it is. It is a coming of age in which these kids just face a horrible thing that nobody should have to face. And they felt pretty real to me. It wasn't a page turner. It did take me a, a little while to like read this pretty short book. And it was, I'd say, a four out of five for me. Oh, I'm glad. I'm glad that you like the characters. Yeah. I, yeah, I guess like just compared to other books I've read that were from the point of view of of teens or young adults or whatever, this one doesn't stand out to me necessarily. Mm-hmm. Like I, I do remember reading it and almost thinking that it sounded a bit amateurish, like some of the dialogue. But again, that is totally a subjective thing. No, and, if it um, did sound amateurish to you, then... But it didn't ruin the book at all. I still liked it. And I think, yeah, the, the strongest point for me, I guess, is just the the questions that the book raises. I wasn't, like, super invested in, in the characters, like I said earlier, but I guess just the world that they are living in is interesting and it makes you think. I don't think that this is ever realistic. Like, I don't think the world is ever going to get to a place where we knowingly, like, harvest people's organs. Like, obviously that that happens um, in the underground and stuff. Clandestine. Yeah, but but in this scenario, in this society, it's people are aware. It's a societal decision above board thing that's happening. Yeah. And of course, there are some people who are against it and who are trying to change the system and all that. But yeah, I, I don't think this is ever like, I don't think we needed this book as like a warning, warning, like society might end up like this. So let's avoid this if we can. I don't think this is a feasible scenario that's ever going to happen in our world. Mm. But it is a cool kind of alternative, alternate universe kind of exploration of, of <laughs> what could possibly be. Yeah, that's I think largely what drew me to the uh, comparison and the parallels with the animal industry, because otherwise, yeah, like you said, it didn't feel prescient or necessarily relevant. That's also what draws me to the characters more. And it felt just kind of like another coming of age novel in which the characters were undergoing, you know, the woes of puberty and all that. And it really showed them as human to me. Uh, they had, you know, their own personalities. They were very different, but they remained friends and they had to face all these issues as they grew up and their lives changed because they gradually became aware of what was going to happen and that they were, you know, essentially cattle. So, yeah, that's probably why it kind of like just will live in my mind as a pretty shrewd, if not a little obscured way of drawing parallels between what we do to animals and this dystopian fictional narrative in which we do something similar to humans right yeah and that's that's kind of like what i was thinking about like okay well in most places these people are treated horribly and they live in what are essentially concentration camps and they aren't raised but farmed rather and that's largely what happens in the animal industry and then Hailsham and other such places they were shown more love and compassion which undoubtedly happens to a certain extent in uh, smaller farms and whatnot yet they are still slaughtered the, yeah end. they're still farmed and grown and used for what they have to offer and that is the main goal and another part of the book that I found 
I had questions about was just how easily all of these students just accepted their fate. And it's not like they were kind of, I was almost thinking of it. Okay. Well maybe they were kind of brainwashed in a way and fed that this is your role. This is your job. This is what you do. But actually in, in Hailsham, like it's kind of, they kind of, everyone knows what's going to happen to them, but it's not this really clear, obvious Thing. Oh, it's pretty hush hush. Yeah, like they don't like talk the, about it. Like yeah. there's this common agreement not to discuss it. Yeah. So th- that's part that I, I kind of had a, some questions about that. Like how come some kids don't attempt to run away? How come they don't seem scared or sad about what's going to happen to them? It it just it, it struck me as kind of strange how they all just accepted what's going to happen, no questions asked. Well, <laughs> they did ask some questions as that as it happens in the book, but. But everyone's kind of okay. Like they just, yeah. they just, they go along with it. I guess that raises a bunch of interesting questions about whether we are indoctrinated by society on any number of issues, whatever, you know, whether it's like that you have to go to school in order to be an educated, smart person, or you have to find a job to be a normal human being and will otherwise feed yourself and put a roof over your head, uh, or that you have to get married, or that you have to have kids, or that those are the normal things to do and expect, and if you don't do it, it's just, you know, a thing that you do. Like, so many people look at so many of those aspects of life, right? Mm-hmm. You know, primarily those that you have more of a choice in, but a lot of people act as if you didn't, whether it is, you know, like having kids or getting married or going on to post-secondary education, you know? And you do have a choice in those matters, but to a lot of people, it's just the natural progression of things and they don't question it. And some people, like, you know, they having kids is probably the most plain example that we can think of in that, like, a lot of people just jump in. And that is a tremendous, potentially destructive endeavor that you can embark on that is not at all an obligation yet many people do seem to think about that way in this book it's largely kind of like they didn't know about it until like they're pretty old they're essentially like almost out of school that they're aware that they are going to give their organs away and die after yet i guess never posed in that way no but i mean this is a much graver of our end result you know it's sure. not as simple or not as inconsequential as do i get married or not or like this is you would think that knowing that they're eventually going to have to go through these multiple organizations and eventually they're going to die from this well, i, th- I don't just, think they know while they're in school though i think that they have like suspicions about it and they talk about well, donations there, there was one, a scene in the book where one of the teachers like has a meltdown in front of them essentially and she tells him point blank you are giving up your essential organs, like your fate sucks. Do you remember that scene? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they, at least at, from that point on, they were aware of what's going to happen to them. Oh, they made a point of saying, and afterwards we didn't really talk about yeah, it. Yeah, but I, my point is that they know what's happening. It's not like they were, it was a surprise. Mm-hmm. This is what's happening. Yeah. Like at that point on, they knew exactly what's going to happen to them eventually. So yeah. I just, I, I wondered why... Why, yeah, no one tried to run away. So, are you saying that's a weakness of the book that that the author didn't like picture it like properly? That, like, obviously, somebody who had any sort of premonition or information about this thing that is going to happen to them that they should have reacted, that they would have reacted differently? I think realistically, I'm sure some people would at least try and escape. Or, you know, they they would try and revolt in some way, I would think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think in a way it's. 
I don't, I don't think it's a weakness of the book. It was just an <laughs> idea that I had and it never really quite got answered. I, to me, it felt like they weren't truly aware in that they were raised in this culture and environment in which you didn't really question many things. Everything was really hush-hush or so many things were to not be spoken of and not to be discussed in very proper, very boarding school, English private boarding school flavored thing. And so the characters don't really question it all that much. And eventually they, obviously they normalize it. Like even when, once they're adults, they go out of those, the schools are more of a closed institution, but then they go on to the farmhouse or oh, the cottages, the cottages yeah. exactly. And there, they are pretty much given free range. They can borrow a car and they can go to the towns and do whatever. They could very much like, well, run away. So I guess the author didn't really like, or my guess would be that the author intended it so to be a world in which, or at least a an experience for these characters and all these kids, in which they were taught to accept the dire horrible truth and reality of what was going to happen to them eventually and whether i'm not trying to like address your point but i'm saying whether that is a well-crafted idea or there's some holes to poke in this narrative the logic may not be airtight i do think that it it lends itself pretty well to draw parallels with all kinds of such issues in life and the fact that we are all well, obviously going to die, not willingly, most of us. And yet, you know, we don't all just kind of like jump ship and either kill ourselves or go crazy or, you know, go on rampages or something. So, and, and, no, but, but some people do, some people do, yeah. some people lose their minds uh, over but, I all mean, kinds of... None of us are destined to be organ donation slaves, you know? So. Well, I mean, no, not specifically that, but I mean, a lot of people there, and I, I guess, uh, well, now that we're discussing it, that seems to me like it could be a... Or you could make a very strong case about like the parallel between that and the perils of so many people who live much, much more difficult lives that you and I live in, which like they do have not the opportunity and the access to education or fuck even proper nutrition, or they have to go to like horrible jobs just so that they can feed their families and have to destroy their bodies, give away their youth and their energy and their health just so that they can essentially survive and yet they do it you know you think those people would like commit mass suicides or you know like it, when you think about like the masses who work in underdeveloped countries in the most horrible and dire conditions for pennies i guess you know? but again this is this scenario is so unlike anything that anyone on this earth right now is experiencing as far as i know maybe there are people who are burst for the sole purpose of donating their organs i i sincerely hope not but maybe that happens somewhere in the planet but what i'm saying is that like they don't feel any sort of at least it didn't, didn't come across to me in the book that they feel any sort of anger or any sort of sadness or like rage that this is their purpose and that this is what mm-hmm. they were born to do it it just i don't know like it, i just felt like that should have I, f- I felt like the, the book maybe would have been a bit better to me if, yeah, it, if it addressed that. It I just... guess it is like solid criticism. Like, I mean, you've just pretty much like laid it out as to like why like the author failed in like carrying at that point out. I think it's perfectly fair to say. I mean, I get, but maybe that wasn't there. In, like maybe they didn't want to go down that route yeah. and have this whole, you know, like revolution sort of thing. 
<laughs> no, obviously they didn't. It was quite the opposite. Yeah. It was the fact that like everybody just kind of like sheepishly accepted that that was reality and that's how it is. And that's largely what I'm essentially choosing to think uh, about the book as in it just raises like many interesting parallels as to like the horrible things that we face and the issues that we know are part of life. And that begs the question as to like whether it is clones being grown for their organs and eventually leading them to their deaths versus the real life parallels of like, you know, bringing kids into the world who are gonna like, sure, like face all the beautiful and happy moments of life, yet also they're gonna have to like face all the terrible, painful issues that life comes with they're gonna see their parents die they're gonna see their friends die they're gonna see all kinds of horrible things and be aware that there's sadness and pain in this world and you could say okay well like what which one outweighs what the very argument of the book kind of lends itself to that sort of comparison where you want to go with that it can go any sort of direction but i, I guess that's largely what make this book what made this book so successful and, and is that it's shocking in that way. It's not gory, it's not violent, at least not physically violent. It is not shock value for the sake of bombastic action. It's quite the opposite. It's subdued, it's calm, it's about teenagers doing teenager things and eventually they go on to do adult things. Sadly, it just so happens that in that world, doing adult things is giving your organs away so i give that, that back to like what i was saying earlier is that it's strange that they do these donations and they must have like an order in which they do the donations obviously it's not like you're gonna go like we're gonna give you a heart transplant right away but that's not really how like organ transplant works you know like if you have a very specific blood type and size health age you name it i don't know exactly what it is but it, it is a very specific definition or description that your donor has to fit in real life, I mean, to give their organ away. So it's not like, okay, sorry, like Tommy has a perfect heart to give you, but he we have to wait until he goes through other donations or else he was just grown for the sake of giving you his heart while he could have given his lung or his kidneys and his liver first and then go on to that so that that's something i thought was pretty weird i was like okay well these people obviously they have a they have a process whereby they take care of the people who've given their organs and they look at like expiring was the word that they completing used? completing which meant dying after a second donation which is pretty bad, obviously. But it just felt sort of strange. Like, it's all this tremendous effort for, you know, like a, a system that doesn't really... I, I, okay, I... That's kind of what I meant, like, where this seems really, really unrealistic. Like, this is never going to happen. Like, governments yeah. would never condone this. So I guess, like I said, this this doesn't seem like this potential future world where if we're not careful, we might go down this path. I don't think this world in this book is ever, ever going to happen on our planet Earth, you know? No, no, of course not. But it, it's interesting to think about, like, the fact that, okay, well, like, maybe this world exists only because they developed the technological process of cloning people. And then it became kind of obvious. we like, okay, well, I guess we can grow people out of nothing. These aren't real people. They don't have parents. And therein, there's 
a whole slew of ethical questions that you could go down. But the fact that it's sort of, I guess you could say, in the present or in the future, or in the near future, and they make the decisions thus. However, there's all kinds of things that like, we always think as a society, like these customs or practices or traditions were insane back then and we can't believe that people did it and i think that that's largely something that like we would see in the future if like people from 100 200 500 years in the future would look back and see the way that we treat the poor or animals or people in third world countries who we don't really know or care about but they make our iphones and they would be appalled by the way that we carried ourselves and we you know they live in a world in which they decide not to do that and they have the ability not to do that this is kind of the reverse it's like it they developed the technology to do something incredible and they went down the most pragmatic yet also completely immoral and disgusting way down with it so it is a pretty interesting thought and i guess this book is largely a thought experiment paired with is that thought experiment paired with a coming-of-age story of three teenagers. So it juxtaposes those backgrounds into a fairly unique thing. This book was undeniably unique. So if I, yeah, if I had to rate it out of 10, I probably wouldn't say like 4 out of 5, but like out of 10, it was probably more like a 7, 6 to a 7, just because I didn't enjoy reading it all that much. It was fine. It was a perfectly fine book. I don't see why it shouldn't be taught in schools, for instance. I mean, I, I, yeah, it, gives, let, it raises some yeah. good questions for discussion. Let me rephrase that just so just for the reader's sake. I don't think any book should ever be pulled from school curriculums or anything. I think that censorship is about the most opposite worst thing that you could do to further the education of our species. Proceed. All I was saying is that, yeah, the, the book raises some interesting topics for discussion. For sure. But, um, yeah, I, I don't think it hit me quite like it does other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's worth reading. I'm happy you chose it to read. Because, yeah, I, I've, I've heard about this book before. And um, I was curious to see. Like, I knew what it was about in general, but it was nice to actually read the whole thing. And Yeah, like we said, we found it in the library of the laundry room. So we will be on lookout for more good books. I mean, every time I go through laundry, I look at the books there. And there's books that have been there forever since we moved into this building. I think there's a version of Fifty Shades of Grey in French that is never going to leave those shelves. And that's, so that's pretty funny. But I've actually seen pretty good books there, like uh, Annihilation. I think one of the oh, sequels yeah. for Annihilation I saw it there. Yeah. So uh, maybe we should have grabbed it. Did we grab that? Yeah, we gave it to... To your brother. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. You see? Everybody should have that. Everybody yeah. should have an apartment library and everybody should have a laundry apartment library. Yeah. And we should maybe we can return this book so that someone else can read it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. On that note, anything else to add, sweetie boy? Uh, no, no, just that there's apparently a movie to go along with this book. So oh, it would be yeah. cool to see that and see how this yeah. translates to the big screen. Yeah, maybe we'll, we'll watch that and draw some parallels yeah it'll be cool to see if if it kind of is more impactful for me to see it on screen versus reading the book mm-hmm. i wonder how well, well thank you for listening i hope you enjoyed the episode and if you have any comments or any suggestions 
or any books that we should be on the lookout when we're doing our laundry, you can write us an email at apartmentlibrarypodcast at gmail.com. See you next time. Thank you. Thank you.